be okay with having an individual experience. Also be okay with having an experience that does not make sense to anyone outside of you. Um, and I think that's really important to not try to compare your grief because you cannot compare the love that you have for your loved one. You can't compare that. Um, I think for me, grief teaches and um, it teaches us that love doesn't leave. It just doesn't. You know, I think we, we feel that it does when the person leaves physically, when they go on to their next experience. But your love for them doesn't leave. It doesn't have to leave. You can still honor them. You can still love them. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I am your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Brittany Spivey. She is the owner of Spivey Vocal Consulting, an online training agency for public speakers, creatives, and vocalists. Professionally, Brittany has coached and mentored hundreds of creatives on the importance of using their voice, speaking their truth, and letting go of the vocal trauma. In April of 2022, she would be faced with the most difficult task yet, the death of her mother, Donna. Four months after her mother's death, Brittany saw the numbers 444 daily. Her mother would pass away on 4-8-2022 at 4.44 p.m. This was Brittany's sign that there is more to her mother's passing. This was her sign that there was more to life, death, and grief. She started her own social media journey talking openly about her grief just 10 days after her mother's transition and has adopted a new purpose, learning to use your voice during the most difficult seasons in your life. So Brittany, tell us about your fearless female journey. Um, this is probably going to be a difficult conversation, but I talk to us. Oh, even just hearing that is so weird because my journey has been all over the place mm -hmm. and I'll go through a, a lot of different things, but even hearing you read, you know, that introduction about me, it just, it gave me chills because I still can't even believe that I'm like dealing with some of the stuff that I'm dealing with. And I still can't believe that I'm overcoming some of the things that I'm overcoming. Um, so my mom passed away last year in April. Previously before that I worked as a vocal coach as I do now. And you know, I was a really shy child. I had gone through a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, different things um, with a male in my life. And so I, I was the type of child who just did not speak. Mm. I didn't speak. And it's interesting that I work as a, you know, a speaking coach now because I didn't talk as a child. It was almost like there was something trapping my words. And when I would go to try to speak, something held me back mm. and it just was so much pain and trauma as soon as I got here from my mom you know our our parents they were married before they had kids they did everything right and then our dad left and we were homeless my mom was she went from being a wife to a homeless single mother of four kids oh and so gosh. we were exposed to a lot and for me the first thing I would do was shut down and so then I would go on um, my family. We went on and we sang together in church. And um, I ended up working as a chorus teacher, a music teacher, a backing vocalist. And I thought, like, I'm using my voice. You know, this is good. I found my purpose. I'm using my voice. And then my mom passes away. 
Mm-hmm. And before my mom passed, she had gone through open heart surgery. She had a pacemaker. She had something else replaced. She had overcome all of these things. And she was out walking with my nephew one day and a car ran into them as pedestrians. Oh my gosh. And it was strange. I was angry. Mm-hmm. She had gone through, you know, being this... <sighs> She was a wife who, you know, had kids and then she went through a divorce. Then she went through open heart surgery. She was homeless with her kids. She got us out of that situation, got us into housing and, you know, all of these beautiful things. She made it through the surgery and then death comes in the most unexpected way. Yeah. I was angry. Mm. And And rightfully so, rightfully so. Like you're seeing your mom go through all these like trials and tribulations and you're just Mm -hmm. like, when is she going to finally get out of it? And then to have that happen, I could understand the anger. It was heartbreaking and it, it was unexpected. And so she passed away. I um, got the call and me and my daughter, we drove into town Um, my mom was in ICU at first and then they put her into hospice and I get there and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, who was this person? She was nothing like herself. Mm -hmm. You know, she was nothing like herself. And my mom, um, you know, she spoke to the doctors telling them, I have something that I need to do. Is there any way that you can keep me alive for two weeks? Because I have something that I need to do. Mm. And so my mom was writing a book when she passed away. And she was about maybe 75 to 80% done with her book. Um, And she let, you know, the, the opinions of others kind of get in the way of her really doing what she knew she was put here to do. Yeah. And she passed without her book finished, without her work being complete. Mm. And so I started TikTok 11 days after my mom passed, not for it to turn into anything. Mm-hmm. I started talking on TikTok because as a voice coach, I knew the power in my voice. I knew that I had to talk in order yeah. to become free. And so I share with people all the time about my mom's book and, and the reality of seeing her pass away without fulfilling her dreams. Mm. It is heartbreaking. And I feel like so many women do that. We take care of everybody else and leave our desires on the back burner and that's just something that it's a message that I'm I'm you know spreading to other people so yes we are here we are now it's a beautiful message I actually found Brittany on TikTok I was watching some of her videos and I immediately messaged her I'm like you have to be on my podcast to share your story um, I feel the grief as you're speaking about your mother and the anger and just processing all the emotions. And it does like death is like a wake up call that this life is not yeah. a rehearsal. There's no pause. There's no rewind. It's like, this is a limited time. And everybody yeah. is one guarantee is that we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. And we don't know when it's going to happen. Like you said, it was in a, like a completely abrupt out of the blue, I mean, what are the chances, you know, that that happened to her? Mm -hmm. You never know when your time is up. We all think that we're going to live until our 80s and 90s, and we're going to live this long life. And so we put away our gifts and our our dreams and our goals. And we're like, I'll get to it. Like after the kids are raised or after my kid graduates from college or, or once I have a baby, then I'll be happy. Or once I have, then I'll work on this. 
when in reality we should be doing and the things that we want to do now because we don't know when our last day here on earth is we don't and it was a shock to me um because my mom was in her 60s but for some reason we do think that our parents and our family members will live forever we assume that we will even though we know that death is is there I don't know. It's like as soon as it happens and you're faced with it, your body doesn't even recognize that it has happened. Mm -hmm. So I went through a season of really being just in shock. I think I was in shock for I'm now just getting out of that shock phase. You know, it's it's rough. And like I said, just watching my mom, she was so talented, so talented Uh, when we were kids. So there's four of us. I have three siblings. And when we were kids, I would watch her, you know, write songs and write poems. And she wanted to get her book out there. And she wanted to just, you know, be a writer. But she was told that there's no career in that. You know, Mm. there's no, as a young Black woman in the 50s, you know, there's no career for you to, to be a writer. There's no space for you to do that. And so she didn't, you know, Mm. she got the, the desire to finally write, not knowing that her death was approaching and that's the reality of what happens when we put our dreams and our purpose you know when we just kind of casually skate on through life without fulfilling those things yeah or if we start listening to those who have Mm -hmm. their own limiting beliefs and their own fears like it seems like what she did was she stopped her dream because of what everyone told her was impossible when in reality the possibilities are endless Mm -hmm. and when you say that your mom passed away at 60 years old it's like that's actually really young my dad passed away in his 60s and when you think about it like i you know my husband's uh parents are in their 80s if they my dad got to live or if your mom got to Mm -hmm. live until their 80s that's 20 more years of the things that they could have done and accomplish and seen and experience and it's like you know we think that life is like so it's long and we're going to be here forever and we Mm -hmm. have the time and we listen to people who are dimming our light and dimming our dreams and saying nope you can't do that because you're a person of color or you can't do that i'm mexican so they would be like nope nobody in our family has ever graduated from college Mm -hmm. who do you think you are and so you do listen to the people because and they're just trying to protect you like no fault to them honestly they're just trying to protect you and they're giving you their own advice based on their own limitations Mm -hmm. their own fears and their own subjective insight when in reality you should just if you have that calling in your soul there's a reason why that's there like follow Mm -hmm. that and trust that everything will be in alignment and everything will falter into place like it will it will fall into place um i love that you said that you were Mm -hmm. seeing these numbers 444 daily and did mm-hmm. you, when you started seeing them, what was your first like initial reaction when you were like, wait a minute, why am, why am I seeing this? So I started seeing 444 four months actually before my mom passed. Wow. And it was weird because we had a conversation and she told me that this was around the same time that I started seeing the numbers. She told me like, I have this desire where I have got to talk to my parents. I feel like they're calling me. And it was just weird. She was like, I, I feel like my parents are calling me. Like, I, I can't ignore this. Um, and then I started seeing the numbers. And when I say I saw 444 every single day, even the day that my mom passed, 
when she took her last breath at 4.44 p.m. Mm. It was so strange. And so I think the first few, if I can be honest, I kind of ignore signs. <laughs> Before this, I did. Now I don't. But I want to say like the first few weeks, you know, you think it's just a coincidence, but we're going on four months. And where where were you seeing these numbers? Can you give us some examples? Yes, I would see them on the time. I would wake up at 4.44 a.m. on receipts. My change would be 4.44 or my total at the store. Something would be 4.44. Um, it just it was literally everywhere, even driving down the road or on a license plate. I would see these numbers everywhere. Mm. And my mom passed four months later at 4.44 p.m. And it just, I don't know, it, it shook me, I think. Yeah. When did you start like looking into the meaning of what 444 means or have you figured out what the meaning is? I mean, other than your mom passing away at that exact time, do you feel like maybe your highest self or your spiritual self is trying to give you a message? And what do you think the message is? You know what? I think that I did look into it a little bit. I looked into it more after my mom passed, but I mean, I saw a, a bunch of different meanings that, you know, my guides are looking to get my attention or, you know, there's something, some type of change or transformation happening in my life. Mm. And I didn't think it would be this. Yeah. Cause that's a I big transformation. This is a change. Yeah. And I, I do want to say to anyone listening that, you know, seeing these numbers doesn't mean that there's this negative thing that's coming. For me, it's my rebirth. You know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be sitting here with you and, and talking about grief and speaking about it, but it definitely was a rebirth for me. And I'm, I'm thankful that I did have the signs leading up to, to everything that happened. Oh, I love that you said that it was your rebirth and you don't think of it as something negative. Since your mother's passing, have you had any signs that she's with you i don't know how deep i can go into this you, Girl, you know <laughs> we are going deep we are going because i can share some stories with you about my father's passing like i'll share with you so you can feel comfortable with sharing yes i can um, know how far to go <laughs> so when my father passed away i was i grew up catholic and um then changed into christianity was when i was 17 and when my father passed away my dad was an alcoholic and i remember when they called code blue and he was gone and it was just a crazy experience to know that they were there mm -hmm. and now they're gone. Like his body was there, but the energy, the essence of who my father was, was no longer in the room. And there yeah. was just like this coldness, this emptiness and everybody mm -hmm. left to, and I'm one of six kids. I'm actually one of seven and a sister who passed away, but everyone went to their respective homes to their, you know, because they're all married and have kids or they are, you know, whatever. And I had to go home by myself. And I just remember sitting there and thinking, my dad can't possibly be in hell. Mm. Because that's what you are taught, you know, that if you're a sinner, and my dad was a sinner because he was an alcoholic. Yeah. I was picturing my dad like in this hell being tortured by all the demons. And I'm like, this can't possibly be my dad's existence because regardless if he was an alcoholic he was still a wonderful man he was still mm -hmm. a good dad he still laughed and made people laugh and he was he did everything he could to, he brought us to america like he did everything he could to give me the life that i have now and i just went down this like rabbit hole of trying to figure out what happens to people when they die because i'm mm -hmm. like i just cannot fathom that my dad is sitting in hell 
and I had the most vivid dreams because I remember I would be crying in bed, just like in the deepest of grief, just like missing him, missing the smell of him, missing his voice, missing his laughter. And I would be bawling my eyes out because I would be like, yeah. oh my God, God, please do not torture my dad. And yeah. And I remember having this vivid dream. It felt so real. It felt like the colors of the movie um, Avatar. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was in this beautiful garden, a gar- like colors and things that you couldn't even imagine here on earth. And it was this beautiful garden. And from the farthest distance I could see and I could feel the energy of my father. And he was in this beautiful kind of like a hut where, you know, you would see like kind of like the movie, um, the Lord of the Rings, where they had like a hut and they had a little door and you wouldn't even know that it's there. And there was just this beautiful garden. My dad was over there just like tending to his garden and he waved at me and he was like, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm not where you think I am. This is amazing. Don't worry about yeah. me. And I just remember waking up and having this sense of joy. That was one time. He's met me twice. Another time where I was contemplating suicide because I was in just yeah. a dark place. And he came to me and the door literally opened and he came to me and he was he was in a healthier version of himself. He, wa- he wasn't healthy when he mm-hmm. passed. And I, I was like, I want to go with you. And I was like crying. And I remember him hugging me and said, it's not your time. No es tu tiempo, mija. You, don't worry, it's going to get better. And I just, I remember waking up from my dream, like, <gasps> like I, it was like, as if I was like catching my breath and it, it was so real. Like I really felt him. Wow. Within three months, my whole life changed, like literally changed. And I will wow. always believe that that was so real to me. You know, that was so, and I've had multiple other times where I'm like, I speak to my dad out loud and I say, dad, show me that you're here. Show me that you're proud of me. And my symbol for him is a white butterfly. Mm -hmm. And I will all of a sudden get a white butterfly just like, and it's just incredible. And I truly do believe since my dad passed, I've, I've listened and I've watched to a a lot of near-death experiencers, people Mm -hmm. who've passed and crossed over. I've read books. And it's, I do believe we are an energy that never ceases to exist. We're just on a different plane. Yeah, absolutely. I feel comfortable now to share mine. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, I feel comfortable. So I have had similar experiences with my mom and I was raised Christian Mm -hmm. and we were very, very, very religious, strictly religious, where any any time there was a reference about a spirit, it could not have been a good one. It had to be evil or demonic. Mm. You know, if it, if it was if it was a spiritual thing, it was evil, and you should be very afraid of everything. <laughs> and I was also taught that when we die, we're asleep. When mm. now I believe that the physical body sleeps, not the spirit. I think mm. you know we've got that all wrong, but that's a whole nother conversation. So when my mom passed. Um, I've had, I've had so many experiences with her coming to me that it is insane. Mm. And the first time that it, the first few times that it happened, it challenged everything that I thought I knew about, you know, the spirit realm and about life and death. So the first time, similar to your story where your dad was telling you like, Hey, I'm okay. My mom, uh, we were in this arena Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I was speaking at this arena and she was speaking at this arena. I didn't know that I would be talking about grief. I had no idea, but I was in this arena and someone handed my mom the microphone 
And it's like, it looked like the most healthy version of her. She mm-hmm. looked different, but I knew it was her. Like it looked like her in her like early thirties, maybe late twenties, early thirties, mm. you know, and I didn't see her <laughs> in her, you know, I was, wasn't born then. So, yeah. um, but I knew it was her and she grabbed the microphone and she was like, I did it. I did it. I made it. I did it. I'm so happy. I'm here. And I woke up crying. And then I had another situation where, and I've talked about this one on my, my TikTok page, where I was just drowning in grief, mm. drowning. And I know you know how that is. I was yes. drowning in it. And I'm like, you know, I just, I just need my mom. Mm-hmm. And so I go to sleep and I wake up in this white room. And um, it's almost like a replica of my room, but but in white, it's like a better version of of my reality. Yeah. <laughs> I wake up there and my mom comes in the room and she lays down with me and she hugs me and we just we cuddle and I cried because I felt her. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this thing about my mom's hands where I would always hold her hands. It was just something about her hands that was so special to me. And so in this like outer body experience or whatever it was, I felt her hands and we talked and she, you know, was telling me how everything was. And, and I'm just like, you know, how is this? Are you good? Are you happy? Um, There's been other situations where my mom's voice has reminded me to do things that I've forgotten (laughs) about, (laughs) like, don't you forget to do this, Mm -hmm. you know? So this has taught me that there's more and I don't believe that the spirit sleeps why would the spirit need to Mm-mm. why that's a that's a human thing that's like yes. some you know the spirit doesn't need to sleep the physical body needs to sleep the physical body dies but it's changed the way that I view life after death um and even me talking about it I've lost a lot of like you know connections who don't agree with my experience but Mm -hmm. it is what it is. It's my experience and I can't apologize for it. I think you have to have these experience for you to Mm -hmm. become a believer. Um, And I think that people who haven't had these experiences or they are getting these signs and they're ignoring them Mm -hmm. because of the fact that we have been very well programmed to believe, like you said earlier, you grew up very religious and anything Mm -hmm. that has to do with spirit or anything that has to do with that is like demonic or bad, or it's Mm -hmm. a bad spirit. Um, It's like, you can't, like, for example, so then you're saying that my dad is demonic and he's visiting me in my dreams. Like that doesn't make any sense when all I felt in that dream was love and Mm -hmm. compassion and empathy for what I was feeling in that time and moment. I mean, that's the thing that I feel like people need to understand. Like you said, there's so much more to our spirits Mm -hmm. and our soul and our energy then we are allowing ourselves to really explore. And I think we shouldn't have to wait till a death happens in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, we should start doing the exploring now because we are very powerful and magical beings. Like, I mean, all the little intricacies of who we are, like the fact that we all have an individual uh, yeah. fingerprint, like that is just an incredible thing. Like there's yeah. billions of people on this earth and we all have a special fingerprint and we all are different in every way. And 
I just love that she came to you in that dream and said, I made it, I'm here. And then there's like this beautiful body. Cause that was what my dad looked like. He, my dad was an alcoholic. So by the end he was like, um, he was very, you know, sick and skinny and he had lost all of his teeth. Um, but in my dream, he was in perfect health mm-hmm. and in perfect form. And it's just like such a beautiful it doesn't scare me. Death doesn't scare me anymore. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't scare. It does. To me, the only thing that I fear is like the pain that people are here going to experience because I am gone, mm-hmm. but it's like, they are super happy and they are so in such an incredible place. And I've gone down the path of like researching people who have died and crossed over. And even the people who have died and crossed over when they're given the choice to come back, they're like, nah, I don't want to come back. I want to stay here because it's amazing here. (laughs) And so they're like, I don't want to go back to that reality. I want to be here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to say, so my mom had a near death experience seven or eight years before she passed so when she had her open heart surgery. Oh, really? She passed away d- during her open heart surgery. Did she and see is, anything? She did. And so this is what's in this book that <gasps> we have that's handwritten of hers. And we're, I mean, we, we're trying to figure out kind of like, you know, the process of completing it. But she saw a lot. She saw a lot that's going to piss a lot of people off. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> am, oh my off. God, you have to finish that book. You have yes. to finish that book because I mean, I, I'm intrigued because I, like I said, I am such a near, I love near death experiences. Okay. Reading all of those helped me and the dreams helped me find comfort to know that my father isn't in a dark place or in hell or being tortured. Like it's given yeah. me a new sense of like, oh, it, we never cease to exist mm-hmm. and, you know, and we're, we're going to be in a great place and there's no fear of death and you can still communicate with your loved ones who have passed on because mm-hmm. they haven't. Um, and I love that. I love that she's still communicating to you through her dreams. I love that the more that you're open to it, the more that she's allowed yeah. to come in. I think the people that don't experience it are the people that are very closed off and they're afraid because we, we've been taught in church, like you said, it's mm-hmm. of it's demonic or it's it's mean or it's negative and don't be open to it. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about mm-hmm. now that you're experiencing these dreams, like has your grief lessened or are you still going through the stages of grief? I personally believe that we will always go through the stages of grief at some capacity. Um, it doesn't, at least for me, it hasn't uh, left. So if anything, it's changed. My grief Mm -hmm. has changed. So even last night, you know, I cried about my mom. I miss her. And I want to tell her, you know, so many amazing things that are coming up in my life. And for me, I want to tell her, um, in a human form. Mm -hmm. So the thing that's, that's difficult for me about grief and especially having a spiritual grief experience is I'm having to relearn my mom as not just her body. And it's so hard to connect to that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, the, the, the human version of me wants to talk to you on the phone yeah. when, <laughs> because that's what I'm used to. That's what humans do. Mm-hmm. And I'm having to retrain myself. She's always there. You can mm-hmm. still communicate with her. So having to learn that has been interesting, but my grief has changed. It, it has changed and I still have breakdowns. I still get angry. I still 
get emotional. Um, I'm thankful that it's a lot different from when she first passed because those were, I didn't think I would survive mm. those days. I felt like I was dying. Yeah. I actually, I know, you know, like I felt like I was actually dying. I did not know if I would survive mm. the first week, the first, you know, month or two. I didn't think I would be here, yeah. you know, so it, it changes. Yeah, it changed. I don't think it leaves. I love I think that you said that. Yeah, it changes. I, I love that you said that. I, it, and I think that um, you're you're allowed to grieve in your own way. You know, you're allowed to grieve in your own way, and you're. It's a personal relationship of like having to go through the stages, and there is no time limit. I remember when my dad passed, and I was at work, and it had been like a month, and I was still crying at my desk, and my boss was like, "That's enough." That's enough. Oh, wow. And it wow. was just, and you know, and, and grief is such a, like a, it's like, nobody wants to talk about it, but it's really yeah. happening, you know, and people, when yeah. you're go going through the grief, nobody wants to be around you. It's, they feel like, oh, I'm going to catch whatever she has, you know, the pain and stuff. And so you kind of do isolate because nobody wants to be around you crying. Nobody wants to be around that pain, that hurt. They don't know what to do with you. Um, and they want you to just stop being like that. And mm -hmm. yet you're like, I, I you're like, if I could, I would, if there was a switch, I'd turn this off. But the pain is just, it's, it's immeasurable. Mm -hmm. There's no words. There's nothing that we can do to soothe your soul. Like you have to go through the waves of all of mm -hmm. the feelings that come with grief. And I, and, and like you said, it doesn't, it changes, but it does it. I don't think it'll ever go away. My dad's been gone 13, 14, maybe 15 wow. years now. And yeah. there are still moments where I cry like a little girl because I heard mm -hmm. a song and I just miss him, you know? Um, but that's just, you know, we all have to go through it and everyone's different. It also depends on the relationship that you had. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not exactly crying over my aunt or my grandma because I didn't mm -hmm. have that relationship with them, but I did with my father. So it's different for every death that you experience and it's there's no map or there's no... Mm -hmm. There's no like here, read this and this is going to help you through your grief. It's it's personal. It's a personal you journey. Know, absolutely. And even for me, the stages of grief. So I would go on the internet and try to look up the five stages of grief. I don't know if it's five or seven, but I know that I can identify with them. So I didn't spend too much time with that. And, you know, I was looking like, well, where's the stage that I'm in where I'm having all of these spiritual happenings? Where's the stage at? So mm -hmm. I'm like, man, am I grieving wrong? <laughs> am I, is something wrong with me? Because I'm not grieving the way the internet says I'm supposed to grieve. Yeah. And there is no manual. And sometimes we need like sub chapters to the layout of grief and what has been studied about grief, because it is personal. It is. Yeah. And I think when you try to fit into the box of the next person, it makes you feel alien you feel yes. like you don't belong you feel like you're foreign and, and you're ex maybe something's wrong with me and am I grieving too long so <laughs> yes. I, I I explain grief as many things but one of my favorite um, definitions is the disconnection of a soul tie and mm. so 
I was raised, like I said, in church and we were taught that soul ties were evil and demonic, like soul tie. If you, you know, were with someone intimately, you would catch a soul tie or, you know, if you were friends with someone, you would carry their soul or, or whatever. It sounds like a disease. You'll catch a soul tie. <laughs> you could catch a soul tie. <laughs> but that doesn't even make, you know, yes, there has to be, sense. you know, a, a connection to your journey for, for a soul tie. And so when my mom passed, I'm like, man, this feels like part of our souls that were knitted because I was knitted in her womb. Mm -hmm. I'm part of her. Part of our souls are being detached mm -hmm. and I'm having to relearn who she is because she's no longer a human. Yeah. She's spirit. She's everything that is. So having to disconnect my expectation of who my mom is, having to let go of my false sense of ownership of her, mm -hmm. my soul ripped into pieces. Mm. It ripped into pieces. And that's what it feels like. You feel this, this like Velcro yeah. being pulled or this plug being disconnected and you can never feel that again. And that's the reality of it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a very, and all of us are going to experience grief because all of us have some loved one that's going to pass and, you know, and it's just, like I said earlier, just in a, it's your own personal journey and your own personal awakening of your own soul to be like, Hey, this is what's going to happen. So it's time to like, do the work. It's time to do what you were meant to do here on earth because time is running yeah. out and there is no rewind. There's no pause. There's, this isn't a rehearsal. You don't mm -hmm. get a second shot. Like really go after your dreams, go after your goals. Like, you know, really go where your soul is like meant to go and trust that all of it is going to align for your, you know, for your light to shine. Like I always mm -hmm. tell people, people are always scared, like, oh, well, I don't have the money or I don't have the education or I'm not this. And they give all these limiting beliefs and that's just the human inside of us. Yeah. But really we are this like expansive, unlimited, infinite potential that God created within us. And we're, we're allowed to explore that. And I just love mm -hmm. that your mom is seriously still guiding you mm -hmm. to continue on the journey. Because like you said, you are... Like, I believe that we're all fragments of source, the divine, the mm -hmm. light, you know, and when we die, we become back the fragment of, we reunite with God, we come back to our light. Yeah. But since we're all fragments of the same source, the fragment within you is still connected to your mom and the light and connected right. to me and connected to everything here on this earth. And you were meant to do this work unfortunately it's painful work yes. what you're doing. <laughs> uh, but I'm thankful that you are sharing on TikTok like I love your vulnerability that comes across on TikTok I love your authenticity I love the way you speak about it I love that you're just like I don't care what you say these are my yeah. experiences and I believe them to be true because mm -hmm. it is hard when you're talking about the spirit realm and like you said there's things in that book that your mom wrote that are going to make some people mad but mm -hmm. that's the reality of what's happening you know that's what she experienced and we need to validate and and give her that space to speak on that I can't wait for your mom's book to come out <laughs> I know and you know what I've been so busy grieving <laughs> that I I forgot like I really forgot that I have this book of hers we have a handwritten version of it we have it in our emails my siblings like we all have it what's so beautiful about this book is she wrote a chapter to us oh um, and it's early on in the book and it, it's almost like she, yeah. I don't even say she knew, but it's, yeah, it's, it's so weird, but we have these, 
little notes left from her. Um, I've also found um, just little life nuggets that my mom mm. left behind. So handwritten and it's so beautiful and so special. She was so amazing. Like I miss Aww. her so much. <laughs> As you were talking about your mom, I was getting this beautiful feeling around my head, just like, ah, uh, just yeah. a loving sensation, just, uh, just an incredible, beautiful soul. I could tell my dad also knew when he was passing, we had gone to someone, someone's funeral, my cousin had passed and we were at the funeral. I remember my dad was a workaholic. So he came in late and he sat, sat next to me and he looks up at the casket and he goes, I'm next. And I was wow. like, oh, oh dad, don't say that. You know, I was like, stop joking around like that. Cause my dad was a real jokester, um, wow. but he was next. And I remember when we were at the hospital, um, he was telling me life nuggets, like telling me, don't chase the dollar, like go travel the world and you don't have any kids and that's a great thing. And, and I just remember dad, stop telling me stuff like this. Like you're going to live You're what are you talking about? You're going to live yes. longer. And it was like, that was the last conversation I got to have with my father. And it was like, people know when this is the end and yeah. they, they, it's like, they want to get it all out and tell you, yeah. don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. And it, and it's hard, like you don't want to be that person that dies with regrets and with the gift that was given to you. You don't want to be the person that's just like, I should have done that, you know, because mm -hmm. I've read a lot of books where people have died and they've come back and a lot, almost every single one of their messages is like, you're here for a purpose. Yeah. You have, you have a soul contract. You were meant to do great things. You have the tools, you have the su support go for it. Just go for it. Like watch the universe, like yeah. literally meet you where you need to be met. Absolutely. And even just while you were saying that, um, I thought about my mom's near death experience and, you know, some of the things that she wrote down and, um, when she felt her, her, the true, her leave her body, mm -hmm. she said that she saw everything in the room and she saw us, you know, no, she's out of it after surgery you know, completely out. And she saw us, she saw everything that we were wearing, what we were talking about. I remember I brought, um, this affirmation book and I was speaking these positive affirmations to my mom, like, you know, all of this stuff about her living and her purpose. She's like, yeah, I heard all of that. I, mm. I heard all of that. I felt that I, you can hear your, your loved ones. Yes. You're still there. You can see them. You feel complete. She described her near-death experience as an ocean of love. Oh. She talked about how, um, and I actually sang the song. There's a song called Oceans. It's a, um, a gospel, a Christian song. And I sang that to her um, before she passed. But she felt this ocean of love just mm. and she didn't want to <laughs> she didn't want to leave that feeling yeah. you know so it gives me peace to know that she's in that she is that complete feeling you know and it's eternal but after her near-death experience she like you said you know they know and they have this desire to just go ahead and get everything out and that's what she did she it took her a while it did because you know we have to kind of like um, work towards undoing what people say about us and the box they put us in. So mm -hmm. it took her a minute to really undo that. But she wrote, she wrote about her experience. She wrote about it truthfully. Like mm -hmm. I said, it's going to make people mad. Yeah, <laughs> It's going to make people, religious people, a little upset and a little uncomfortable, but it's beautiful. Yeah. I, it's a lot for people who are, you know, 
of the older generation because, mm. you know, near-death experience wasn't even coined, I think, until the 70s. And people before that, when they talked about what happened to them, um, they never told anyone what happened. Mm. Like if they had that experience, they were afraid because they didn't want to be called crazy or put in the loony bin, you know, or be told that they have some, you know, yeah. you know, some ailment in their brain. And so they never shared their experiences um, I was just listening to one yesterday on a podcast and he says, hearing is the last to go mm. uh, when we die, which is why um, people in comas, people who, you know, and that they could hear everything you're saying. So even if someone has passed the words that you're saying to them, they could yeah. still hear you. Um, it's why she could tell you what she heard you yeah. say. So incredible. It's just I'm telling you every story that I hear just reiterates and confirms my beliefs every single time of mm -hmm. that we are energy and energy never ceases to exist. And we're all going to this beautiful, lovely ocean of love, which is such an yes. incredible way of describing it. Okay, yes. Brittany, as we wrap up this episode, what would be your nugget of wisdom for anybody who is watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast? Um, and is experiencing that deep grief that both of us know that sometimes it really does swallow you up mm -hmm. and it feels like it's always going to feel that heavy and it's always going to feel that dark. I would say be okay with having an individual experience. Also be okay with having an experience that does not make sense to anyone outside of you. Um, and I think that's really important to not try to compare your grief because you cannot compare the love that you have for your loved one. You can't compare that. Um, I think for me, grief teaches and um, it teaches us that love doesn't leave. It just doesn't. You know, I think we, we feel that it does when the person leaves physically, when they go on to their next experience. But your love for them doesn't leave. It doesn't have to leave. You can still honor them. You can still love them. You can still experience them. You know, it just, you have to figure out who they are now as a spirit being rather than a human. And like I said, be okay with having an experience that does not make sense to anyone but you. And it's okay. You know, it's it's okay to take a little time to yourself. It's okay to be misunderstood. It's okay to do whatever it is that you feel that you need in order to cope, in order to successfully transition into your rebirth um, and I'll say also anyone that's grieving right now you are being reborn your old identity is one that you're grieving as well so just kind of give yourself grace you know to make it through that transition and don't compare don't compare your experience to anyone because your love for that person cannot be compared mm, I love that how can my audience find you you can find me at Brittany D. Spivey, and that is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, the letter D, and my last name Spivey, S-P-I-V-E-Y, um, and that's on TikTok, Instagram. Also, my business website is SpiveyVocals.com, um, and Brittany D. Spivey on Facebook as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual mentor, you can book a free discovery call with me at www.fearlessfemale.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at fearlessfemale underscore coach 
Subscribe to my YouTube channel at Fearless Female or find me on TikTok. I'm under at Paola.Rosser. And if you love this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review. I read every single review and I truly appreciate the time you spend writing it.